And I think that's another thing that people need to remember to do is like celebrate your wins. I think it's really important for people to recognize how far they've come. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Short Story Long. This week, we have another good episode. We're sitting down with Tamara Dia. Um, if you don't know Tamara Dia, she is a massive uh, host on Complex. She is a host on the reboot of TRL on MTV. She's written and produced and created her own segments, viral videos for YouTube, uh, journalist segments, all different sorts of content around the culture. Um, her story was really good. She was born in Baghdad, and she talks about moving to the U.S. and all the struggles that she faced being from a place like Baghdad. And, you know, the trouble she had fitting in and moving around a lot. All the way to creating a vision board and saying affirmations and pretty much everything in her original vision board panning out and becoming her actual life which I'm a huge fan of. So this episode was really, really good. Um, and I think that you guys will find a lot of not only cool parts of the story and, and interesting parts of the story, but but also a lot of things that you can put to use and maybe will inspire you to go chase your dreams a little bit more effectively. So that's it. I hope you enjoy it. Short story long with Tamara Dia. As always, don't forget to leave me positive feedback on itunes uh the podcast app on your phone goes a long way for the show don't forget to subscribe on itunes goes a long way for the ratings uh, don't forget to check us out on Castbox, the new app that we just launched short story long on it's a platform specifically for podcasts and the stuff that they're doing for podcasting and podcasters is really cool really getting behind people and helping out and that's something i'm a big fan of i just had a big meeting with them today actually and they're helping me make this show better and so I want to support them any way I can. So check out CastBox if you haven't yet. Um, check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash drama drama. That's where I'm uploading all the full videos from these podcasts, as well as video blogs, any other content that I am creating. Um, also check out Group Chat on podcasts. It's the show that I do with my business partner, talking about all things current events, news, what's going on in the culture, in finance, in politics, in everything. Uh, and go to youngandreckless.com, use the promo code SSL for 40% off all full price items. Thank you guys so much for all the support. Hit me up on Instagram at drama, post, repost, tag me in your stories, listening to short story long. Um, I'm watching all of it. It's so incredible. I'm constantly reading the feedback, looking at the tags, follow at short story long podcast on Instagram. I just can't thank you guys enough. This thing continues to grow and build and expand and reach new people. And it's all because of you guys promoting it. So please continue to do that. And let's get into it. Short story long. Tamara D. The hardest part is figuring out what you want to master. Focus on your product. Can you tell somebody that they suck? You got to just go. This is exactly what I want to do for a living. You can't even tell somebody that their breath stinks. You know what I mean? It could take your whole life and then you find your worth. The product is number one. If it scares you, you should probably do it. Good content is good content. That is the coolest shit I have ever seen in my life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Short Story Long. We are here with Tamara Dia. Yeah. Tamara, thanks for making this happen. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's exciting. And you are a... Uh, 
you're a broadcasting veteran, I would say, all things veteran. audio, video. We talked earlier about like, I know it's hard for you, but try not to stare directly into the camera. And I was asking him, I'm like, where are my cameras? Where are my mics? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm always very much aware of like where the, except for the, this mic camera. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but I'm generally aware yeah. of, you know, cameras and stuff just because you have to like know one, two, yeah. wide singles. It's hard. And I was telling you, like when I got into being on like offense and running the the interview here on the podcast, like it's difficult. And like yeah. you're worried about all these different things. And I can't even imagine really having to worry about uh, A and B cameras and all that stuff because I don't have to worry about that. But people underestimate it. It was nerve wracking for me. Yeah. I know we were just talking about this. Like, it was like nerve wracking for you. Yeah. I think it's so interesting because I'm this is a new side for me. I'm generally in your seat. Yeah. So this is a little nerve wracking for me too. That's good. I hope I, that's I, good. We'll I, mix it up a little. I know, right? Um, I mean, that's where the fun starts. Right? Of course. And we were just talking about Coachella. Yeah. Hot topic. Um, this is going to come out after Coachella just ended. So let's just say we had a blast. It was amazing. Best Coachella yeah, ever. Ever. Um, Beyonce killed it. Killed it. Eminem. <laughs> woo! Um, but the the interesting thing that you were talking about that I wanted to talk about on here was that you went, I mean, can you guess how many times you've been? Like 10? Oh, I'll probably say like seven. I think this might be my seventh. Fair. I think me too, maybe. Coachella. We're vets. We got to hang it up soon. I know. Um, I know. I'm, I'm like, are we at that point? I know. We are. <laughs> um, and so when I, you were saying that when you went, when you were younger, it's kind of like, you don't have any work cracking, nothing's really going right. on, which is cool and, and freeing, but also you're trying to get into shit, you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and at this point... That's, what, that's when I was going GA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like... I remember my GA time. Right? This is going to make me sound like such a douchebag, but I remember my, my GA. And yeah. I ended up sneaking. It was early enough that you could sneak into VIP. Right. And oh, Which now you times. cannot do, no, right? But it was like unlocked. sneaking through a fence or something. Yeah. Um, but... There's no responsibility, nothing to do, no whatever. You're just trying to kind of get it cracking. And now it's like a work trip for right. you. Yeah. Um, and what is that? Like, so what's it look like for you? Do you get out there with like an itinerary? I, I have to be here and do this interview. I have to do that. Like, what yeah. are you working well, I'm on actually, out there? Well, over there, um, I'm not even doing interviews. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going more for like social asks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, yeah, like I was saying before, back when it was about the music. Yeah, <laughs> the good old days. And just about the music. You know, yeah. it was so much simpler, right? You know, we, our, our biggest... Our biggest, you know, stress was how are we going to get into VIP? Yeah. And now you get all those things, right? But on the other side, you're not enjoying it in the same way. Before it was so freeing. You're literally there just whiling out and doing your thing. And now it's work. You know, yeah. you're meeting people. You're connecting. You're doing social media asks. You're doing interviews, whatever it may be. So it's yeah. a very different experience. Yeah. I will admit, like, I'm still trying to get, uh, there's good and bad to this. But still, when I go to these sort of things, I kind of shut off. And just go into the experience, right? Like I need, I should be out there like podcasting and doing all these different right. things. I just don't. And so every year I take, well, this year I'm going to take my mics and my little recorder, but I know I'm going to come home with nothing. Uh, but so I'm a little bit envious, even though it's a little torturous, I'm a little envious of your, at least you're going there with a plan and you're going to come back with some good content. I'm going to yeah, come back with probably what? a hangover and like. I mean, I might come back clothes. with that too. Yeah. Keep it all the way real. Yeah. But you know, it's like you can always plan, but yeah. nothing ever really goes yeah. according to plan, does it? Not usually. Yeah. What um, what day? Do you going on? You go on Thursday. You go on Friday. We're going Thursday. Yeah. Got it. And then you're there all the way through Monday. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Let me ask you this: Which would you prefer? Would you prefer Coachella now or events in general now or the old version? 
You know, I was actually thinking about this the other day because mm-hmm. I was reminiscing about those days when it was as simple as like just getting all your friends together and yeah. going down to the desert for the weekend and kind of really shutting down and enjoying that experience all the way through. Um, but, you know, now you're in a position where like you're the, your lodging is way nicer. Yeah. Your experience is backstage. You're getting paid. You know, there's like all these other elements of like, this is dope. You yeah. Know? yeah. So it's kind of the give and take. Like it was simpler back then. You yeah. know, as you know, as they say, more money, more problems. Yeah. But now, you know, the stakes are just higher. Yeah. So it's a different thing. I do miss the days of just being like. Not a care Can I guess? Am I allowed to guess? Yeah, of course. Yeah, just be like, fuck it. Like, yeah. I'm going to go there and I'm really in the pit, just enjoying. Yep. And not, and you don't, you know, just don't care what anyone's, you just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like now, it's always like, shit, you have to kind of stand up a little bit straighter yeah. and just be like, oh, that person could hire me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's the age old struggle. Do, um, you still, do you feel that way? Like when you go there? Or, I mean, you said that you try and just unplug, but. Yeah, I try to really unplug. Like, I don't, I prefer now, uh, I prefer now over the past definitely every time there was an element of less things mattered but like you said like staying in a nicer place having kind of the freedom like we do it so like bougie la version Uh you know like with our sprinter van and our vip parking and our wristband whatever so like i wouldn't the mission that was coachella was um it was a mission you know like there's a lot of yeah, like walking, walking and a lot oh, of yeah, like yeah. it's just that's it's, the good thing is about when you because we, we have artist bands so like when you have artist bands you're literally like you get shuttled everywhere yeah. in the back you just have i mean i, I don't yeah i mean look man it's like <laughs> we're it's spoiled like, we're yeah, lucky i'm i'm 100 percent spoiled i will admit that yeah. I'm very spoiled but I, I i think i just miss the like the free the freeness of yep. it all, you know 100 yeah me too but i'm appreciative I, I, of the, the hard work that's gotten of to course no, no i get that my and the difference between you and i is i like i said i'm not going out there with one obligation right you know and i probably should like and that's also something that's not saying i'm right and you're, you're probably doing it smarter than i am but i don't have any social <laughs> media like nothing i literally I, i'm hoping to get like a couple really dope photos in the pool with like some cool floaties yeah. get a lot of likes Hell yeah. <laughs> but I, you know what I mean? But like, there's no, like, I don't have any do job to gram. do. Yeah, do it for the gram. Um, okay, let's get into what we do best here on Short Story Long, and that is your story. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you from? Um, I'm going to be that annoying person that says they're from a lot of places, yep, but I. That's fine. That's better for what we do here. Right, yeah. yeah. I am genuinely from a lot of places. Uh, I was born in Baghdad, raised in Nashville, D.C. Vegas, New York, Michigan, and now LA. Well, yeah. I've been LA and New York for the past for a while. Got it. What um, what age were you when you moved from Baghdad? Uh, I was probably like four and a half. Do you remember any of it or no? I don't. I mean, I remember. I have like weird flashes of memories, but I don't know if those are from pictures that I saw or yeah. if they're actual memories that I have. Yeah. And what like do you have any idea from your parents' stories and stuff? Like what? I mean, obviously, me born and raised in Akron, Ohio, moved to LA. Just hearing Baghdad sounds like you were raised in a war zone. Right. Like, what do you have any idea of what that was like? Um, I mean, like I said, I don't really recall it, but I mean, obviously, from my parents, um, we fled. You know, it's like it it is that story. Like, we're a true immigrant story. My parents left everything they knew, they loved, they left their family. They literally came to America with the hope of, you know, A, having their kids grow up in a place where they won't die yeah um and be just trying to provide you know they they really gave up a lot for for me and my brothers and it's 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 something i i genuinely think about every day yeah that's crazy how many brothers do you have i have two brothers i'm in the middle 
Uh, how interesting. So then you, so then the first place was Nashville. You remember Nashville? Yeah, yeah. How long were you in Nashville? Off and on. I mean, uh, my dad was a project manager, so um, he kind of worked on the infrastructure of buildings that would go up yeah. around the country. So that's why we moved so much. So a lot of times we were going back and forth. Got it. So I'd be in one place for six to eight months, go back to somewhere. So it was a lot of back and forth. But yep. um, Nashville, I remember definitely elementary and then uh, high school. How do you think that affected, like, do you think that affected you in any way, all that moving? Yeah, for sure. How, how so? Um, I think it helped me kind of do better at what I do now, to be honest. Like, yeah. I think it helped. It forces you to make new friends in every place that you go. Yeah. And especially being that young and that brown yeah. <laughs> back then. Yeah. Like, you know, and you were in towns like Nashville. Like, yeah, not that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like in, in Nashville, like you were very aware that you stuck out, you know, and people weren't afraid to let you know that you were different. Really? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I got messed with a lot growing up. But. Did you have like days where that you were just miserable? Like you're the new yeah. kid, you're getting bullied, you're getting like... I definitely got bullied. I got actually, that's <laughs> breaking news. Um, yeah. I got jumped when I was like 13 by these girls because they found out I was from uh, Iraq and they kept saying that my dad was Osama bin Laden. Yeah. And I was like, um, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I checked and yeah. he actually is. Pretty sure he's not. You know, yeah. it was just like, you know, it, it, it's tough. A lot of people, you know, when you're you're 13, like they're just listening to what their parents are saying. Yeah. And so that's all the knowledge they really have. I mean, now, I mean, hopefully now people are asking more questions. I feel like kids are way more savvy these days. But yeah. Well, and as we know, it's so divided. You know, I think some kids are way more savvy and some kids are way worse than they were probably when you were 13. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, they're definitely brutal. <laughs> brutal. It's still but, brutal. But, you know, those are the experiences, right, that make you, that help propel you in your adult life and you yeah. learn a lot about yourself in those situations yeah. and i know it's you know the corny saying like it, it'll make you stronger mm -hmm. but it genuinely did make me very thick-skinned yeah how did your parents handle it or like family brothers whatever like when you would go home and say this happened mm -hmm. how, what was what was their reaction you know um i think my parents they they didn't really understand it to be honest. Like obviously they would go to the principal of the school and they would try and say something, but like it was hard for them too. You yeah, know, it's like yeah. they have very thick accents and like, you know, with all the turmoil going on over there, people I mean, look, man, people can be really mean, yeah. you know, and like my brothers unfortunately they got it too, so they were understanding. You know, we we you know, we we stuck together, yeah. you know, so it's like I'm very close with my brothers, so Yeah, I'm just surprised. I think a lot of people and I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I'd like to think I would have done what you did in that situation, but I think a lot of people, like, those moments at a young age, like, can ruin your, you know, like, you took one path, right, right which is making yourself stronger and doing right. all this stuff, and now it's it benefits you, I'm sure, every single day. That stuff breaks people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that constant, like, pressure. Yeah. I just am curious, like, how do you, you know, how do you teach someone to make it a positive as right. opposed to letting it, I mean, I think for me, I didn't have a choice. Like you, like yeah. I mean, I was the only daughter of an Iraqi father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stereotypes are true; they are very strict. Uh -huh. um, and so I, I always, ever since I was little, was like fighting for their approval, I guess. Yeah. And that meant like I had to be the toughest chick out there, yeah. and you know, and that filtered into my life when I wasn't at home as well. Yeah. So I think I've always trying to kind of figure it out, like how actually how to be softer. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know. Those... When did you have to start figuring that out? I think when I, um, probably in high school, because yeah. I was a, I mean, I'm still a tomboy, if we're keeping it all the way real. Uh -huh. But like, I was very much a tomboy growing up. 
Um, so I think like when I got to high school and my, my friends started dating, I wasn't allowed to date, but like yeah. my friends started dating and like, you know, boys would be like, they like ask me about my girlfriends and yeah. I was like, no boys are asking about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, like maybe I tough. should try and be a little more feminine. Um, but then my brothers would make fun of me, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. winding, yeah. winding road we're on. That's funny. Um, so then when you're moving all around, where'd you go after Nashville? After Nashville, uh, DC. Well, and like, how long were you there? DC five years and then what after that after that New York but even there's other places in between yeah that's why I say I'm from everywhere it's like I don't know that there's necessarily one place that truly shaped me yeah I think it's more experiences that shape me yeah okay so then here's my question as you're moving around at such a young age taking in all these different experiences like what are you doing for yourself like did you start to gain any early passions or anything that kept you like level when you're in all these different places or like what did that start to look like i i wanted to be an actress like uh -huh. i i was so convinced that i was going to be a movie star uh -huh. like i just like knew it and then i told my parents that and they were like hell no why because they're, they're yeah. for them you're either a lawyer or you're a doctor or maybe an engineer yeah like but you're a lawyer or a doctor you yeah. know so for them like for their daughter to come up after everything that they've been through yeah. and everything that they've done for us you know to be like i'm gonna be an actress my dad was like yeah no so did he dead it quickly like, very like quickly. absolutely not no i mean yeah it was it was a very much an absolute no and then um but are you still like in your room in the mirror like reciting oh, yeah, lines for sure. yeah, 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 okay. yeah i was like i 100 percent. my mom would catch me like in the mirror like yeah. doing stuff yeah and she just thought i was like her weird daughter that would like she'd like find staring at herself in the mirror but i was literally <laughs> like acting with myself i guess you yeah, know and yeah. like kind of practicing in that regard yep. but i was like very much into pop culture growing up you know mm -hmm. what i mean like so and, and obviously that's helped me in my adult life because that's yeah my forte but and yeah. so how did that translate like when you're that young and you're into pop culture is that just does it start out as just what everyone's doing reading magazines soaking it all in yeah but did you ever start well actually i blame actually my mom probably had a bigger hand in this than she knows uh -huh. or that she probably wants to admit but she used to watch um, uh, Entertainment Tonight. Uh -huh. Like when I was a kid, she was like really obsessed with Entertainment Tonight. Uh -huh. So she'd be cooking and it'd be on, you know, in the background and I would watch it. And I think maybe that might have infiltrated yeah. my psyche a little bit. And was there ever a moment early on where you started doing any uh, like glimpse of what you're doing now? Meaning like, are you in the mirror reporting? uh with for your fake entertainment show yeah do you want to hear something crazy yes. and like how sometimes like life really does come full circle yeah when i was a kid i would pretend to be a trl host really 100 percent. i pretended to be lala like oh, man. like literally i would i would i used a shampoo bottle because I, cool. I, I was in the shower like interviewing people yeah <laughs> you know but like yeah i would use a shampoo bottle and i was legit like i was lala and you know and i'd be like oh yeah blah blah i'm here right now and i'm talking to beyonce That's like amazing. you know yeah, yeah it, it's just so funny it's like so when this came around and it, you know yeah it's it's crazy how life works out yeah it really um okay so then was there any point um like around high school or anything did you settle were you back in nashville for high school yeah got it and is that where you were for pretty much all of high school yeah um so then just kind of take me through, I guess, that time, like high school time. Do you start to get into sports? Do you like what is how do you sort of? Yeah, that's I mean, kind I'm, of where you start to shape your life a little bit. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad is Middle Eastern to the core. So uh -huh. I basically was born with a soccer ball attached to my foot. Uh -huh. So I played soccer my entire life. Like uh -huh. and even when I got older, I was playing indoor leagues and I was doing, you know, both seasons. So I was playing a lot of soccer. Yeah. 
Um, so for me, I, I was just, like I said, I was a tomboy. Like I, I wasn't, I, I don't think I was like very cool, particularly in high school. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of like sat in the middle. Like I wasn't like, on, you know, those kids that yeah. were kind of strange in the hallway. Yeah. Hi guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, and I wasn't, you know, the popular kid as well. I kind of sat in the middle and just kind of like had my core group of friends yeah. and we kicked it and yeah. Was there like no partying, no boys, no none of that? No, and they're gonna kill me for this, but I definitely was very rebellious, and I would sneak out. Really? Oh yeah, like the yes. night, like out the window thing. Oh yeah, a hundred percent out the window. Once, actually, funny enough, I came back, and my neighbor was outside, and he, you know, he's an older neighbor, uh-huh. and like he literally was like, and I like came around the corner. It's like probably like two a.m. or something. I'm like sixteen years old. Yeah. Oh my god, my parents are gonna kill me. I hope they don't see this. And um, he didn't <laughs> snitch on you? No, he literally was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Nothing." And then he was like. I won't tell your parents, don't worry. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. I mean, he never snitched. He never snitched. Shout Ah, out to him. That's incredible. Yeah. Sometimes you got to let kids test their own boundaries. You do, you do. But I just feel like, yeah, that's the go-to. Like the neighbor's definitely going to snitch. I 100% thought he did. I think think he like knew, you know. That it was strict? Yeah. Yeah, like let her live a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think he knew. A lot of people knew. Like, you know, my, my friends all knew. Like it wasn't. Yeah a hidden thing that like my dad was really strict and so did that keep you out of even though you were rebelling a little bit did that keep you out of like any serious trouble or any like issues because you didn't rebel that hard or did you go through it like a a phase um i think i like i said i tested boundaries i tested it in almost every possible way i mean but i i was lucky i was also like deathly afraid of my parents yeah like not you know I, i was just afraid of them so i was very uh, I would say smart about the way I tested boundaries. Yeah. So I was like very low. Like, you know, I wasn't, I never got arrested. Thank God. You yep. know, nothing like that ever happened. I got in trouble with school. Like once I, I skipped school and I went to a very like small private school. So they called my parents. Uh-huh. I learned not to do that again. What was the punishment for that? <laughs> you didn't do it again. Let's say that. I did not do it again. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, what, so then what about when college time comes around? Like, have you started to, at this point, like, I guess what I want to understand is like what's going on in your mind as far as what you're going to do for a career or dreams or whatever, because being so pulled to like acting and entertainment and that stuff, but being told that that's absolutely not an option. Like, did you go pursue any lawyer stuff or anything like that? No, I knew very quick. I'm actually really good at arguing. So you would think actually law would probably be good for me. But um, no, I knew that I knew I wanted to be on camera. That's Uh something I always knew. So I was like, what can I do? that um and i guess i should kind of go back and say like uh, i used to write a lot when yeah. i was young like uh, when i was eight years old i won like a poet like a national poetry contest when i was like 15 i won this like uh it was like this uh internship with like the local t- uh, newspaper mm-hmm. but it was um you know it was like a coveted internship because you're you know, trying to build your your thing for college so you, you can get accepted into a good school yeah so I knew, and my parents were always very proud of that side. They, you know, I was like, that's the only time I ever thought I could make them proud. Yeah. So I was like, what can I do where I can convince them that going to college for this is beneficial to me, yeah. but also will allow me to somehow practice what I want to be doing. Yep. So I chose broadcast journalism. Got it. And how did that first conversation go over? Was that tough? It wasn't. Because when I said I want to be a journalist, that was different. You know, yeah. it wasn't like, it wasn't act. You know, yeah, for yeah. them, being an actor is like not the the high where they come from. It's not like a highly regarded position in the community. So is it more? That's why I want to, I guess, understand properly. Is it, is it that it's not as highly regarded or respected or that um, like a lawyer and doctor is just kind of a very solid career? 
Is it more of a respect thing? Yeah, I think it's both. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if, I'm sure you have a lot of viewers that are, you know, Middle Eastern or they come from like a, a, an immigrant. I think it's the immigrant mentality yeah. to keep it all the way real. Yeah. I think it's like at least the stability. Like if you're a lawyer or a doctor, you will always have a job. Yeah. There will never be a worry for you. You can provide. You can have a family. Things like that. And if you're, you know, in the arts, yeah, it's not as steady. Yeah, that's so true. Um, so where'd you go for journalism school? Uh, American University. Got it. And th- where's that at? It's in D.C. Got it. Um, and that's normal. You go there, normal, graduate senior high school. So you're like 18, 19 when that happens, right? I was 17. 17. Got mm-hmm. it. Um, and how did that go? Was that like, take me into like jumping into college. Obviously, you had lived in D.C. already, mm-hmm. right? So it wasn't that like foreign. I love, and I, I know you ask this question a lot about yeah. college, yeah. and I actually appreciate that you ask this question because yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, growing up, I always was there was never an, an option for me to not go to college. Like yeah. I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then also growing up in such a strict household, I knew I wanted to go to college just because I wanted to be free. Yeah. You know, like there was, I was just like, oh, if I go to college then I can live by myself yeah. or, or I'm just out of their house essentially. Um, so, and I'm one of the rare people that is actually doing their major, which is true. very rare. Very true. <laughs> um, but what I will say, cause I know where you're heading with this is that, um, do I think you need to go to college mm-hmm. now in this day and age mm-hmm. to do what you want to be doing? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think for me personally, college was very beneficial because it allowed me those extra years of personal growth Mm -hmm. that I wasn't getting in my home because it was such a strict household. Mm -hmm. And I think I did need that. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I think that it helped my career per se? I do not. Yeah. And that's interesting. Like I don't, because to be honest, like, well, I have my opinion, right? My opinion is that if you know what you're going for um, and you have a plan, then absolutely I have nothing against it. It's when kids go because it's just the natural next thing you do and you're racking up student debt and you don't even know what you're there for right. and maybe you end up, I mean, I know people who college actually hurt them more than helped them because of all the partying and all the distractions right. from their actual, what they ended up doing, right? But that being said, I don't, I definitely don't have like anything against college or like a point to prove. But one thing that I do think is undeniable is that fact that it does give you this time to learn to be social, to be away from your family. You still have this kind of security or safety of right. not just being out in the world yeah. um and you do learn a lot in that aspect so i don't did you go to college no i didn't but i do think that i missed that there are social things that i think mm-hmm. you learn in college that i didn't learn yeah you know and now obviously i don't feel like it affects me but i think that when i was like 25 or 26 i was like oh that like i understand you know i met people right. who had went to college and i was like oh you have something that i don't Right. Um, Anyway, it's interesting though. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that's cool. I think it's cool. Number one, that you are actually doing what you went to college for, and then that it did benefit you in a very real way. That's hard to argue that you could have really replaced anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like for me, college. The the benefit of college for me was the life experience that I Mm -hmm. got. You know, Mm -hmm. and like that was truly priceless for me at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, am I still paying off my student debt? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Will I probably be paying it off for a long time? Yes, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that even in the last few years, the way job, like so many new jobs have popped up mm-hmm. just in this, the scope of digital yep. space, you yep. know what I mean? So it's like you, you could 
potentially figure out what you want to do mm-hmm. at 16, 15, 17, whatever it may be. And you could do it because you have the resources literally in yep. your, in yeah. your hand. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I think you have to be very careful and mindful about what you are willing to spend $200,000 on. Is it yeah. an education, which is very beneficial. I'm not saying that you should not be educated. You absolutely should. Yeah. Um, but would that $200,000 also be beneficial spent towards a business? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's on a case by case basis, I think. I think so too. You know? Um, okay. So let me ask you this. Take me into, because I didn't go to college, like I'm fascinated by, which probably isn't that big of a deal, like going into this new city, this new social setting, this yeah. new thing that is college. It was lit, man. Was I'm it? not going to lie. I had a great time in college. I, I really it. did. It was awesome. I wild out, you know, it's like, because you're free finally. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like I, and uh, you know, one day when I have kids, like I'll not be as strict as my parents yeah. because I did wild out so much. Yeah. So I was like, I test, you know, you test limits yep. when you're a kid. Yep. You're, you're testing limits. You're like, oh, how far can I go before I'm like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't really do that. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, those are all the experiences that help to mold you into the person that you are. Yeah. Did you become a different like? different in the social uh, setting in college than you were in high school? Like, yeah, Did you become sure. more popular or more this or more that? I was definitely way more social, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I was like in the mix. I Why? Because uh, I was allowed to, you know, yeah. like, because it wasn't, I didn't have a curfew. It was, you know, it was like little things like that. Like if I wanted to go to a party, I went. Yeah. There was no other person telling me what I could or couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Did you get into any trouble there? Anything real? Uh, honestly, yeah, with my grades. It's like, you know, like I said, I went, I went full throttle. I was like, (laughs) full throttle. And so that first semester, my grades obviously took a huge hit and it was, and I was on financial aid. So, you know, my parents got a phone call from the school, like, Hey, your daughter's going to lose her financial aid. Uh And so then it was the the imminent threat of me having to go back home. So I, I buckled. Also, it was my parents freaking being really fucking pissed at me yeah Yeah, exactly and i was like oh shit like i really maybe like i need to rein it back in and again you know you test boundaries and so i i flipped i think i like doubled my gpa from really yeah it was bad like the first semester to the second semester i i doubled my gpa that's amazing yeah it was pretty bad is that a four year is that four years (laughs) and also was there like was there as many um like racial issues and stuff like that there or were you a little bit free of that too i that actually I would say, you know, D.C. was a little more progressive, you know, so it's like um, I didn't feel as many racial issues there, to be honest. Like, I think, you know, I was older at that point and people weren't as ignorant. Yeah. Um, And not to say that there aren't people that still need to be educated about other parts of the world. But specifically at that time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think also like people's perception of what someone who is Iraqi looks like yeah. wasn't necessarily the package I came in. Yeah. So, you know, I think they they didn't know until I told them, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. That's interesting just how that changed. It just feels like you must have been so like, ah, like I can finally live a little bit. For sure. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, now I can really focus on... Be a on, human. Yeah, yeah like even like yourself. you're building your personality still at that point too, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're a kid and like you're kind of in this box, it's like you, you, you want to explore. Yeah, it's true. Um... Did you start to form any career paths or anything like that while at college, or did that all come afterwards? Uh, like connections, you mean? Yeah, or just like starting starting to shape anything or get a plan together or whatever, or were you just kind of getting the education and all that came when you left D.C.? Yeah, I think uh, if 
I mean, this is something I would actually change. Mm -hmm. Like I, if I went back, you know, I, I, I worked through college, you know, mm -hmm. I always had to like pay my own way. So I was working almost a full time. I was waiting tables, but I was working five nights a week, you know, yeah. and, and I had a full course load. So if I could go back, I, I would highly recommend internships. Yep. Um, I mean, internships, like aside from the fact that you hopefully are learning something from that company, the connections you make and the people that you are in front of and just to get your name in, in the space that you're trying to work in is really so priceless. Like, I mean, that's such a valuable, I think, experience for people that are trying to navigate whatever sphere they're trying to work in. Yeah. So if you're trying to work in fashion, you know, try and, yeah. you know, work at Young and Reckless as an intern, you yeah. know, like that time that you're giving up, you know, you're getting school credit for it. Yeah. So I think that's really valuable. Yeah, so true. Um, so then what's your first move? Like once you so you graduate, you get your degree, where do you go from there? I was like, I'm going to go be an actress now. Did you? <laughs> yeah. You still had that dream alive? Oh, yeah. That oh, dream was, so I, honestly, low-key, I don't think that dream is ever going to be gone. You know, like I was acting before I was even hosting. So yeah. um, I don't necessarily know that that's like something that'll go away. Yeah. You know, we all have our passions, right? So true. But like lucky for me, like hosting is a passion as well. So. Yeah. I mean, what what did you grow up thinking that you were going to do? A pro skateboarder. That was my dream. But I just knew, like, I knew when I was, like, around 16 that I just wasn't going to be good enough. Like, right. there were people around me, um, even in Ohio, that were just naturally better than I was, one of them being my own brother. And I was, so I was just like, uh, so I started, that turned into, I actually started, like, filming and taking photos and stuff of, the other kids skateboarding right. and so that's part of how i paid my trip to california is i filmed and edited a um skate video of all my friends and then sold it all around ohio so it just kind of progressed right. you know i think that for me like the lesson was always like don't get stuck on one dream and like die with it right. you know follow the progression and i would even say like for you it, it sounds like the things that you do on camera are related to acting for sure you know what i mean like yeah. there's something in that passion like that's a cousin of that passion yeah. you know and so you got to still it's kind of like you you know what i mean it's yeah. like you you wanted a right mm -hmm. but you figured b could get you close enough to a and maybe b could even maybe one day lead to a yeah right so 100%. you focus on b yeah and i think that that's another lesson that i wish i learned is i was very hyper focused yep. right and I always thought that if you hyper-focused on something, that that meant that you would ultimately achieve it. Mm -hmm. But when you hyper-focus on something, you, you you miss all of the kernels of gold that are kind of around it yeah. that could eventually get you to that point, right? Yeah. And then you have like such a, I would say like a, a bigger a board to choose from, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like for me, I was so hyper-focused after college on acting that I didn't take the time to really develop other interests that I had. Yeah. And so... You know, if you wanted to be an actor, for instance, we'll just use that example because we're here. Um, if you wanted to be an actor, for example, but you were really into karate, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, I want to be an actor. I'm going to use this time to go to acting classes instead of take classes in karate. Yeah. There's a lot of people, because you're so good at karate, only few people can do that, yeah, right? So yeah. your pool automatically gets so much smaller. Yeah. So as a karate person, there's a role, you know, karate kid we'll just say sure yeah <laughs> it's a great yeah movie. yeah um but you know there's only a small pool of people that can really do that so yep. then your chances of getting to point a like you, you basically skip all these other steps yep. because you had the initiative or listen to yourself that this is also an interest of mine so yep. i think it's really important to develop all of your interests and yep. not necessarily hyper focus yep. it's so true and that's such a hard thing to like even like put into words you did a really good job but like put into words and and advise people on how to do it and i think that like there's such this like culture of dream big and follow your dreams and by right. any means necessary and work work right. work and it's like 
ah, that's just such a small dose of the overall picture. Right. And I always say like now, a lot of my friends, some of the people I grew up with ended up becoming pro skateboarders. And just being honest, I now wouldn't trade lives with them for anything in the world. There's no chance that I would. And I still get to go skateboard and have fun and whatever, but I have no pressure or no, and I have to go kill myself and jumping downstairs all day. Right. It's great. Um, And not for nothing. I mean, if we're going to keep it real, because we're, you know, here to inspire the youth. Absolutely. Um, I would say maybe even like your business acumen is probably better now, right? Yeah. Because there you would have just kind of been sport. Oh, yeah. Perhaps. I mean, it's No, I would have never... And, and this is what I think, too. It's like I have learned about myself, and I think that it's true for most people, but I don't want to diagnose everyone, is what actually makes me happy is progressing, learning, and growing as a human being, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily being a pro skateboarder. Being a pro skateboarder is so in one little box. And right. it's like, okay, I can only be happy if I become a pro skateboarder. And because I never became a pro skateboarder, I am now going to sit in Ohio and be miserable and bored and hate my life because life is unfair, right? As opposed to learning to truly enjoy just growth mm-hmm. and learning and whatever. And now, you're right, I have learned all of these. I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be a business owner necessarily mm-hmm. or a CEO of a company or like hiring and firing people. Um, I Sure, I had entrepreneurial like instincts, but yeah. that wasn't a passion or anything. Um, but it's from growing and learning and expanding. Now I absolutely love it. Like right. now it's literally... Everything I read about, everything I whatever, is how to be better at this and do this better. I don't care at all about how to get better at skateboarding. You know what I mean? And what was your tipping point? Have you have you read um, mm-hmm. the tipping point? Like I, I love Malcolm Gladwell. I highly suggest I people read yeah. that book specifically. But there's always like that that moment, right? Yep. So for you, like you kind of went into the direction of being a businessman, right? Mm-hmm. So what was your what was that moment for you? Do you know? Do you know what I think it was? Is this? I think that. And this is the first time I've ever been asked that. It's an incredibly good question. But it's like, so when I moved to L.A., I moved to L.A. with the intent of, I I always tell this story, my dream, and I remember very vividly sitting on my friend's roof, because that's what you do in Ohio, in Ohio, and saying, man, I'm going to move to L.A. in a couple months. Um, Just give me a little bit, and I'm going to have a studio apartment, and I'm going to have a job at the skate shop, and it's going to be set. You guys can come visit me whenever you want. We can drink unlimited beers. We might even be able to smoke cigarettes. Like it was like, <laughs> we're going to have the life, right? Yeah. And literally my dream peaked at like managing the skate shop or filming skateboarders, mm-hmm. having a studio apartment, living in Los Angeles. That was it. It wasn't until I got out here, absorbed all this information, started to see how the world really worked, learned all this stuff, and then ended up getting into doing TV shows with my cousin where I saw like, oh, wait a minute, there's a whole other thing here. Mm-hmm. Like you can be... An entrepreneur you can mm. start a business like i didn't even think that was like an option right and i think that when you know w- probably in like 2008 when um the tv shows and that stuff had been kind of established and i really decided i'll say the tipping point was the moment i decided that i could launch a brand not mm. when i actually launched it but just the moment when my brain accepted the fact right. that i had it in me to launch a clothing company that could be sold in malls and that could be that big of a thing. Right. I think is when I shifted to like, obviously I never would have set my sights on being a skateboard filmer or anything like that ever again. Can I say something else? Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people are always looking for a blueprint, right? Was there anyone that you looked at that you were like, oh, this person is kind of doing what I could be doing or maybe inspired you to have that thought? It was a lot of people. And it still is today, right? So I'm still constantly looking. One thing that I think is like terrible not to be too fairy tale here is that I think that when we're younger, we have like 
heroes and we try to emulate people and we mold ourselves. And I think that when you get older, you kind of like stop doing that. And I think there's a degree of that that's bad. And Mm -hmm. you need to constantly be looking for people to take little pieces of and do little things like how they do it. Uh, Even once I started a podcast, I literally started like watching, obviously, Howard Stern and Oprah and all these Mm -hmm. different people. I never thought of myself as an interviewer or a broadcaster. But if I'm going to play in this space and start to enjoy it and really build something, I want to be able to do it really well. Yeah, Um, Yeah. So I, it was a lot of people. You know, it was a lot of different people. I was obviously very influenced by my cousin because he has such a strong personality and did incredible things on TV and is such a brilliant, like, show, just creative. He just Mm -hmm. creates worlds, right? And he did this. I watched him turn from, like, pro skateboarder to literally just superstar guy. Um, So he had a huge influence on me. But then a lot of business people around us, um, he actually had partnered with a clothing line recently after our first show started called Rogue Status. It was the shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but you used to have all the guns on it, like the gun print shirt just on repeat. Yeah, if, if you yeah. saw it, you would know because yeah. you're so like in tune. Yeah. But um, And the guy who started that company I thought was really cool. His name's Johan. I was like, this is so cool. And he hung out at their store in Venice all day. And I watched how he built like a culture around the brand. And that was so cool. And mm-hmm. even my business partners now are USC grads, really, really smart. They had their brand for 10 years before we started Young and Reckless together. They were a huge influence. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of people. And I almost think that like similarly to how you shouldn't set your dreams on one specific thing and not sway from it, you also shouldn't set like your influences or your the people that you learn right. from on one person Agreed. you know and mm-hmm. i think that there's so much to learn from so many different people and everyone that's like great is great in their field for a reason like there's something you can learn from them yeah. and really that's something i've learned so much from this podcast because i yeah. sit with people that like you know i've sat with a lot of people you obviously i know and i'm very familiar with what you do but i've mm-hmm. sat with people that i'm just not very familiar with but mm-hmm. i know that it's good enough to do an interview right and when i leave i'm so pumped up and yeah. like man that's so cool because everyone's done something, right. you know, inspiring that's done anything. So anyway, very long way. I'm just hijacked my own show, but um, of <laughs> saying yes. I told you I'm not used to sitting on the other side. No, I, I like ask it. questions for a living. I like it. This is good. This one makes <laughs> a good conversation. Um, Wait, but yeah, can I ask a lot you, of can yeah. I, while we're in this, while we're here, I swear it's your show. No, yeah. while we're here, I like this. I what I'm curious about is a lot of people would have that idea, mm-hmm. right, to start a brand. Yep. I should start a brand. Mm-hmm the pool of people that actually do it yes. is significantly smaller. Mm-hmm. So what do you think you have? And I feel like this is something that a lot of people that probably sit in this chair probably have as well yeah. on some level. Yeah. What do you think it is that you have that pushes you to do? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what I think. And this is a hard one. I need to work on cleaning this up because I'm having a hard time like putting it into very clean, concise terms. Right. But I think this. I think everyone is born obviously in a different circumstance with a certain brain, certain genetic, right? right? And then you go through certain experiences. And I think that for whatever reason, being what you're kind of pre-programmed for and then how you interpret certain experiences Mm -hmm. really dictates more than we think how you go through life. And I think that that's why you can read a book or you can have a moment or you can have this breakthrough that changes the path of your entire life right um for me i think that there was a chain of events that happened i've always been willing to learn um and i've always wanted to achieve things Mm -hmm. but was very uneducated on how to do that had very bad tools from akron ohio of how to accomplish that 
how to go how to go about being a a high achieving person, right? But it was through slowly, you know, taking the risk of moving to LA and being scared to death to live here, um, and having one little victory and mm-hmm. seeing like, oh, I like the way that feels. And then you so you search for the next one, and then you search for the next one, and you search for the next one, and now all of a sudden you see like I am capable of accomplishing things that I never thought that I was capable of doing. And you become addicted to that. And it's almost like, I wish that I could just zap everyone and say like, hey, you can do some really cool shit. You know what I mean? Because I feel like so much of the problems that happen, like with people being terribly depressed and getting into drugs and gangs and all that stuff comes from like a lack of self-worth. Like you don't think you are Mm -hmm. capable of having anything greater, so you just go crazy on the bad stuff, right? And so I think that for me, the difference was I, for whatever reason, I started putting the pieces together and I figured out that doing is way better than dreaming or wishing or regretting or any of those things. And I always had this terrible fear of one day being old and you know, it started with one day I was so scared of being old and saying I never moved to L.A. I always knew I wanted to my whole life and I never actually made the move. And that was my biggest fear. And that's what drove me to actually move. Um, you know what? That's mine, too. Like when really? I because I always wanted to move to L.A. And yeah. anytime I I think maybe that was a push for me as well. Like yeah. I always have this notion of when it is my final day and I look back. I don't want to say I never, at the very least, tried. Yeah. You know, that's like, heartbreaking to me. Yeah. Like nothing, almost nothing is as heartbreaking to me as the idea of saying one day I knew the path and I didn't take it. Right. It's a difference between saying, man, life is hard. I had my ups and downs and shit didn't quite go as planned. Right. That's okay. But saying I knew it and I just didn't try it, it seems like the worst thing ever to me. Um, Someone that I've been taking a lot of notes from lately yeah. is uh, Will Smith, my yeah. favorite. Yeah, oh man, you're watching my favorite his YouTube? philosopher. Are you yeah. watching his YouTube? Yes, everything. I'm Holy like, oh, I'm cow. obsessed. But one thing that I saw recently that really connected, um, he said uh, he did this whole little segment on failure, mm-hmm. right? And he said, "Fail often, fail hard, fail forward," mm-hmm. and that really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And it kind of circles back to the idea of like you're going to fucking fail. Yeah. It's just life. Because if you're trying something, you're either going to succeed or you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what you do from A, the moments where you succeed and how that propels you forward, but even more importantly, from the moments of when you fail and how that will propel you forward. Yep. You know, And I think there's certain people where it'll discourage them and that's natural and normal. But the people that are making waves in this world, yep use that discouragement to feel them. Like, I love the word no. Tell me no. Anyone tell me fucking no Mm -hmm. because I will do anything to turn that into a yes. And I think that does stem from growing up and trying to prove myself to my dad, you know, all these years. But like, I I love the word no because nothing feels me more. But that's what I've learned, right? Is it doesn't matter if you're propelled by like, maybe you had extremely successful parents. Maybe you had extremely harsh parents. Maybe you were bullied. Maybe this, maybe that. Something usually causes people to to fight. Right. And when you win one, you're like, oh, shit. Like, that's what being alive is about. Hell yeah. You know, is like that growth, that learning, that moving forward. And it just takes whatever pushed you. It could be negative. It could be positive to get that first breakthrough that you're yeah. like, holy cow, this is, there's something here. And yeah. I just think like, man, having a purpose and making progress are the two things. Even if mm-hmm. your purpose right now is 
something kind of small and big. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be here to save the world. It doesn't matter if your progress today is something so incredibly small. Right. But having any level of purpose and any level of progress is like, to me, the key to like world peace. Do you, you know say mantras? Saying? Like, do you do you say like any affirmations or anything? I say affirmations. Okay, so I, I very much believe in the power of speaking things into existence. Yeah. I also say affirmations. But yeah. one of my affirmations, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, is every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Yeah. Right? So it... A, reminds me to do something in that day to make myself somewhat better, whether it's work out, whether it's call someone, whether it's do something like this, which will, you know, whatever it is will help to make you in some shape, way, or form yep. better, yep. right? So I think that it is very important to tell yourself those things. Yeah, and I say every day, uh, I find true happiness in the process of making small progress every day. Yeah, I like That's that. Mine. It's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of in the same boat, yeah. even, you know? Yeah. It's like doing small things because those small things will add up. Yeah, it's so true. I, I, and I've noticed that every instinct in your body sometimes fights it, right? It tells yeah. you to stay home. It tells you right. to not do that thing. I mean, like I said before we started, when I first started doing this podcast, I, there were a lot of early ones where I was so nervous and didn't know what I was doing and felt mm -hmm. like this was so stupid and I was out of my element and whatever, whatever. And I would literally wake up in the morning hoping that the guest canceled. Like, that's all I would yeah. hope. And on the rare days that he'd be like, yeah, they cancel, I'd be like, yes. Or I'd be like, oh, tell them I'm sick or, you know, whatever. And I would literally cancel or try to weasel out of ones because it felt so uncomfortable. But I noticed as I started stacking them that every single time after I was finished, I felt great. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt inspired. There's always one piece of something or just the energy from someone yeah. that you just feel great. And then slowly it turned into people started writing me and telling me that they were getting something from it. And then people started coming up to me when I was out and about and mm -hmm. saying they were getting, so even using this as an example and everything in my life is an example of it, but it's like, you just have to fight that thing that tells you not to do it right. or to be scared or to sit at home because it always feels better when it's, when you it's do done, it, like yeah. every, you know what I mean? And it's, I don't know. It also like inches you closer, you know, it's, it's, it just gets you just a little bit closer to wherever you're meant to be. Yeah. You know, all those times that, you know, you cancel or or you decide to not get out of bed that day or whatever it may be, like that is a disservice to yourself yep. and to whatever goals you're trying to achieve. Yeah. What do you think, because I like that question so much, what do you think makes you different than uh, than people who don't do, who just kind of wish and dream and stay at home? Um, I think, you know, I'll go back to just the fear of regret mm -hmm. i would say mm -hmm. like i've always been pretty driven as a even as a kid like i was always i had to be better than my brothers i had to yeah. be the fastest you know it's like yeah. i always had that in me um and i don't know if that's something like you said earlier if that's like a genetic code that you're born with or if it's something that you're nurtured into mm -hmm. um i'll probably say that my dad nurtured me into that i yeah. would say like i always like wanted to be the best but I'll also say that like there were years where I was just waiting tables, you yeah. know what I mean? And like, I feel like, you know, my my story is not a typical one, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I did struggle, I, you know, I, I still would say I'm struggling, you know, just in different ways. Mm -hmm. But like there, the, especially, you know, when I, when I first came to Complex, like that job was a new thing, you mm -hmm. know, like mm -hmm. to be, the digital space was just kind of blowing up in terms of video, mm -hmm. to be, you know, a, a news, on a, a new show that's on online, like that was still kind of a new territory. Yep. 
So I didn't even, when I was in college, I didn't know that that was something that I needed to like have in my head that like, oh, that's something I can do. So, you know, every day, the way the landscape is changing, literally, you may not know what you want to do. And then in two weeks, you'll see someone doing something and you're like, oh, snap, like that actually looks really dope. Like, I feel like that'd be something I could do well. And then you work towards that goal. And also to think that you can sit in your bedroom and come up with every different trillions of ways that the world is going to unfold is just crazy. Like the same way you said, when you were in college or when you were in high school, this idea of complex news video on YouTube, it didn't even exist. It wasn't even a thing. And now, now network television and the type of things that you used to think were the keys to success are fading. It's such a different place, man. I mean, you know, growing up, you just wanted to be on TV. You know, yeah. it's like, or or if you if you wanted to be on TV, that yeah. was your thing. But you're even like, TV oh. was the thing, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like you'd want, you know, like that's what you thought was that's your barometer for success, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you get there, but the entire world around you has changed so significantly yeah. that the digital landscape is now where people want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's really kind of fascinating. Like literally, anything can change in any way, which is why I will say again, work on all of your interests. Yep. You know, because you never know where this little thing that you're just kind of into might take you. Yeah, and I think, too, like finding your, uh, like, that's why I say purpose so much. It's because your purpose can literally be, like, to teach people about what's going on in the world. Like, that could be your purpose. The medium by how you do it, whether it's on TV, it's on CNN, it's on YouTube, it's on Instagram, doesn't matter. Because that Mm -hmm. will change, right? right? But if you have that sort of, like, this is my baseline dream or goal then you can be it's just when your dream is i want to be a singer signed to Capitol records you're right. screwed yeah you're, just, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak yeah and i think that that's um that should be the goal for every young person is to find out what that baseline thing is and then move through the world because yeah. it doesn't i will say that the switch from tv and especially because i was so a part of both sides of it the switch from television to like web mm-hmm. um as well as retail to ecom mm-hmm is the first time finally at 31 years old that like I've seen something so massive in the world change. And I've seen both sides of it right. very well. Yeah. And like I never, if you would have told me when I was on MTV that these YouTubers would be more famous yeah. and be making more money in five years, I would have been like, you are absolutely out of your mind. You know what's wild is uh, on TRL we have um, these kids, you know the Dolan twins? Yeah. Okay, so they're huge, right? Mm-hmm. And they're such amazing, amazing kids. Uh, the first time they were at TRL, the reaction, like the girls' reaction to them, mm-hmm. it was like they, they could have been Bieber. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they, the girls were crying, yeah, like shaking, convulsing, like they couldn't. And these boys, strictly because of YouTube, like that's yeah. how they built their their empire, really. And it's just fascinating that, like you know, YouTubers are the new rock stars. Yeah. And it's wild. It is you know? nuts. It's hard to wrap your head around. And even the same way with with retail for us, like thinking that you're building up all these, you know, with Macy's and Dillard's and one day I'm going to create a brand and it's going to be sold in these stores. And for those to be becoming more and more irrelevant and your own website being the thing, it just is like, wow, this is crazy. But the worst thing that you can do is A, have too tight of focus or dreams like you said, Mm -hmm. and B, just not be open to seeing that the world changes and right. being able to flow with that. Like you got to move with the world. Look, you know? man, if I've learned anything from working on live television is you have to be flexible in mm-hmm. every capacity of mm-hmm. your life because literally you could have the, and I'm, I'm very type A. I like, I like things in their box and yeah. I like to plan things. Yeah. 
you can't plan live television because yeah. you can never have control of the other person, right? Yep. You can only control yourself and your reaction to whatever's happening around you, yep. which is something I'm still learning every day. Yeah, same. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like you have to be flexible in this world, you know? Mm. And it's, uh, and again, like, let me go back to this whole like hyper focusing on uh, a certain goal. Mm -hmm. While I do think that you shouldn't hyper focus on a certain goal, I think you should visualize mm -hmm. your goals, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, for me, I, I subscribed again, like I said, to the power of, like, you know, speaking things into existence. I also subscribed to like a vision board, you mm -hmm. know, before I was a complex, I, I had complex on my vision board. Yeah. And and back to the idea of failure, they actually said no to me the first time I applied. Yeah. So I. It, it was something that I thought was gone, you know, because yeah. I was a fan of complex before I actually got to complex. Yeah. So I was like, damn, they they said no to, to me. Like, yeah. what the, like, don't they? Come on, yeah. dude. Like, I'm going to bring you I guys. I the magic. Yes, yeah. like, I literally am your brand. Like, yeah. what the F? Uh -huh. And then, you know, and it came back around a year later. Yep. So sometimes it doesn't happen the way you plan it to, but it might still happen. Yeah. I always tell this story, too. Like, when I was on the the first reality show that I was on was called Robin Big, and, and I noticed that my cousin, Rob, was making so much money from his sponsors and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, millions and millions of dollars. And then Big Black uh, started a little clothing line, and that was doing millions of dollars in sales. And so yeah. I was kind of like the third guy, but I was pretty far third from mm -hmm. those two. And so I was like, man, I need to get out and uh, get myself some sort of sponsorship, you know? And the funny thing is, I went to my now business partners, because they have a brand called Five Four, mm -hmm. and they had it then. And I said, I, I had a meeting with them, and I said, hey, if you guys will just pay me 500 bucks a month, I'll wear your stuff on this show. You know, this is what it is, blah, blah, blah. And they said no. And I was like, <laughs> you're on friends? <laughs> what? I was like, no, because I didn't know them then. Oh, okay. They were strangers then. Oh, okay. And so the funny part of the story is I came back uh, two years later and mm -hmm. said, hey, I have this idea for a brand. And they ended up becoming my business partners. And now, you know, we yes. do a, built this huge brand together. But it was only from if they would have said yes and paid me 500 bucks a month, I probably never would have made Young and Reckless because right. I would have been happy with my 500 bucks. You yeah. know what I mean? That's so funny. See, it's funny how that works out. It doesn't it may not work out the way you plan it to. Yeah. But it still kind of works out and usually for the best. It's true. When better. did you start doing like vision boards and stuff like that? Um, actually, um, I would say few years ago i started yeah. doing it yeah because i just uh you know i i knew that there was more in me you know and i wasn't getting it out there and i didn't know how to get it out there so yeah. i and like i said I'm, I'm pretty type a so i need to like and i'm very visual yep. so i need to see things on paper and mm -hmm. then that's how i connect my dots so i just i was like you know what i'm just gonna do this yeah. i've heard about it people talk about it some whatever may not work but it's but how, what's it gonna hurt me to try it right yep. so i did and i tried it and i would say almost everything on that vision board became a reality. And what did you do? Did you just go buy a cork board, put it on the things? Did you put it up on the wall in your... Yeah, I literally bought one of those, you know, little boards from Bed Bath & Beyond. And then I cut, I would use magazines and print stuff out, like Google yeah. it and figure out like an image that I liked. Yeah. And then I would print it out, put it up there. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, I want to be Beyonce, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I should put that's that on, on my, my vision board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was like attainable. It was, it was a goal of mine yeah. that was somewhat attainable. Yep. Actually, to a point where the last vision board I had had this uh, Florida ceiling window apartment. Uh -huh. And I had left it on there. And years later down the road, I now have that in New York. Yeah. So it's like little things like that. It's like, oh, like that would be dope. But I was in nowhere near, had the means to do that years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, I 100%, like it's such a simple idea. And it literally takes maybe 10 minutes. 
but it helps, I think, to organize your goals, yep. right? So what it also organizes what's most important to you. Yep. So if you give yourself 10 things to put on a vision board, what are those 10 things? Yep. I, I'd say almost everything came true off my last one. I just built a new one. I'm still working on those goals. Yeah, that's so cool. What about affirmations? Where did you learn that? And when did you start doing that? Um, actually, my brother helped me with that. Like okay. he, you know, he's very well read and, you know, hyper intellect and loves philosophy and um, has recommended a lot of the books that I read. And he's very much a proponent of affirmations and, yeah. you know, saying things out loud. Um, and I've also always felt that saying things out loud is, I think, uh, just speaking to the universe because the yeah. universe, I think, always kind of repays you in a certain way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he he's the one that gave me the every day and every way I'm getting better and better. Yeah. Um, and then there's a few more that uh, I say as well that I think just help to center you. Because yeah. there's so, I mean, look, man, the world is nuts. Mm -hmm. Every day there's some crazy shit going on in the world aside from the things that are going on in your inner world. Mm -hmm. So I think in order to give out good energy you need to be right within yourself first mm -hmm. so i try every day to center myself in a certain way try to meditate mm -hmm. um and just try and get center here be good here and that way i can give out good yeah you know? i think a shift for me was like i'm also like you i like to have everything organized and like i don't want to say controlling because i think that has like a negative sound to it but like i want to know where i'm going who's going to be there what the plan is yeah. what time whatever and, and i think that when i made the shift of realizing that there's only so much of the outside world that you can control, but you right. can control almost 100% of your inside world. Right. That's where you actually place the the focus, right? right? So like when I stopped trying to make everything perfect externally and just realized that I could make everything perfect internally or somewhat close, close on the road yeah. to that, <laughs> yeah. uh, that was when like, oh shit, like this is something I can actually work on. Yeah. You know, so that was a big shift for me. Um I'm still working on that, I think. Same. I mean, yeah. I think I'll be <laughs> yeah, 90 years old and like, look, yeah. I got this new idea. Yeah. Um, okay. So all the way back, mm -hmm. college, where do you go? When you go out into the world mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I got this degree. I want to be an actress, but I'll settle for journalism. Where <laughs> did you move to LA? No, I went to New York first. New York first. I was and, in New York and then, uh, but I knew, I knew even when I went to New York that I was going to end up in LA because yeah. LA was always... Well, New York also, but like L.A. for me, like I always knew there was something in L.A. for me. I just didn't know what it was. Yep. Um, so I always knew that like that my path would lead me there mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you live here now? You live on both. I'm on both. Yeah, I'm literally splitting my time right now. That's so cool. And had you visited here or did you just know that that was the place for you? No, this I, I always I'd never actually did we visit? maybe I visited when I was a kid with my, my family, but it. it's not something in my head that I recall. Yep. Like that distinctly. So what do you do in, in New York? You start going to interviews? Do you try to get an internship? Like what do you do? Um, I bartended. I was like bartended, acting classes, interned. Like, you know, I was, you know, trying to figure out, out. There's no blueprint, right? Yeah, yeah. People people always ask you. I, I can't tell you how many times I get DMs. I'm sure you probably get it too. Yeah. Where they're like, how did you get to where you are? Of and they, they want this like, this little pretty box of like you know nugget of wisdom that i give them and it's just like there's no blueprint yep. you know we were talking about this earlier about like you know trying to find someone and being like oh they did it this way maybe i can do it that way like yeah. no person's path is the same you know it's it's all going to be different yep. but i think inherently perhaps there's a personality trait that might be the same yep. and i think that's where the drive comes in yep 100 percent. when was your when did it break through when did you stop having to bartend when did like when did it start to connect Honestly, I stopped having to bartend when I realized that acting was probably not going to be the way that I found my success. 
And that was a harsh reality for uh -huh. me because, well, A, I wanted to prove my parents wrong. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> it all stems back to that, yep, right? Yep. Um, but I had to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't seeing the success that I wanted, that I knew that I could achieve. Yep. So uh, I kind of was like, maybe I should get back into what I studied in college. Uh -huh. And uh, that's when I made a distinct decision, let me find a quote unquote real job, uh -huh. right? So at that point, I was really into like complex and height beast, and I was like on those sites every day anyway. Yep. So I was like, you know what? Let me just do one thing that I've never done when I've gone to these sites, and that was click the career tab. Mm -hmm. So I clicked the career tab, and I saw that they are looking for someone who was really into sneakers and hip hop, and mm -hmm. you know had experience on camera. And that's when the first time I applied to complex mm -hmm. and. And I got kind of far that I was like talking to them and this was for a New York position, I was in LA. Um, and they basically were like, sorry, you know, we, we decided to go a different direction. And I was low key crushed. Yeah. Cause like I wanted that job, mm -hmm. you know? Cause I was like, oh, it's not acting, but I am really into this stuff. Yeah. You know, this is something literally I'm looking at every day anyway. Yep. Um, so I might, I, why not make money doing it, right? Yeah. So I was like low key crushed uh -huh. and I went back to waiting tables and I was like applying to all these other sites and nothing really kind of got me like that specific position with mm -hmm. complex. And then um, about a year later, uh, it came back around and I went in and I auditioned, and, but this was for an LA position because uh -huh. they were expanding uh -huh. and they wanted to open up an LA office or they had the LA office, sorry. They wanted to open up the LA video team. Yeah. Um, so I went in and I auditioned and it was like a, I think five auditions even. And I was up against uh, my homegirl, Alex, who actually also got the job. I think you might know Alex. Yeah. Um, Hudgens. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so we were like, you know, we were, they literally pitted us against each other. Uh -huh. And like from jump, it was like, and this is like the whole being a girl in this industry. Like sometimes you don't know, like, is this chick going to be kind of weird? You know, like, yeah. because people, you know, they can be catty. To keep, keep it all the way around. Yeah, of course. Um, and we both looked at each other and it was like that instant of like, she even made a joke like, oh, bitch, this is a Hunger Games. I'm going to kill you or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I fuck with this girl. Like, yeah. You know, like, I was like, oh, let's actually like this girl. Uh -huh. um, and so instead of like us, like, and they literally would put us in a room together and like make us like write scripts, just the two of us in a room. Battle together. to the death. Like, lo yeah, like that's what I felt like. I was like, the Hunger Games, like legit. And we were like, yo, this is like low key fucked up. That's but fucked like, up. you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, we ended up being cool like we got we got really cool uh -huh. and it, you know after five auditions you get to know each other we were both like yo we should just make them hire us both mm -hmm. and literally we started fighting for that we were like oh you probably need two people like one person you know yeah. and then they're like actually yeah and they ended up hiring both of us Amazing. and so we were like not only did we get the job but like we kind of tricked the system too yeah. like and like kind of like bent it to our will in a yeah. weird way yep. not to say that i'm you know obviously it was the people that hired shout out to cornell yeah. um, <laughs> that like you know hired us but yeah. Um, I, th I think that was, yeah, I think that was like a learning moment for me too, that like, uh, things come back around and yeah. sometimes they come around better. Cause then I didn't have to leave LA. Yep. Uh, I got a, one of, now she's one of my best friends. Um, and I got to get the job that I wanted, you know, yeah. in, in, a, in a strange way. And then that obviously led to where I'm, you know, at TRL now with MTV and I wouldn't have gotten here if it wasn't for that step. Yep, so every yep. step kind of leads you in a certain direction. Yeah, so true. Um, so th that job was enough for you to be able to quit bartending, waiting tables, and doing all that stuff? Yeah, well, honestly, it was the time commitment. This is a full-time yep. job, you Got know? It. So it's like, I, 
the hustler in me was like, oh, I can just bartend on the weekends and make extra money. But yeah. it was it's a full time job, yeah. you know, so it's like I and needed a day or two off. What's that job look like? Like you're gathering stories. Yeah, pitching, I wrote. Like... Yeah, no, we write all of our own scripts. So it's like, you know, it's daily news. I call them daily news nuggets. Right. Yeah. So it's and again, this is like still kind of the landscape was growing at this point. This is three years ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, three years ago. Shoot, I don't remember. Um, you know, so it's like we're all kind of learning as we're going at that point. But yeah, it's it's daily news that's kind of within the wheelhouse of the complex brand. So it's music and sports and sneakers and style and you know pop culture, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and that helped train me into terms of like what is clickable content, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, we did everything from our um, from like the actual headline of the piece. I'm writing the scripts. Um, I'm pitching ideas. Like a lot of like the stuff that was not on green screen was like stuff that I was pitching yep. um, or it was, you know, branded content or whatever it may be, you know, because we were, you know, personalities for the brand. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of people think it's just like you in front of a green screen reading words. Yeah. Like, no, we wrote those entire scripts ourselves, Yeah. Um, which was great. I was doing three scripts a day, three videos a day on top of whatever else I was doing. So yeah. it, it helped work that muscle as well. Yeah, that's crazy. And did you like show up to an office every day? Is that yeah, how it yeah, went? Yeah, yeah, It's full on. It was a full time. Yeah, we have an office. We had a studio. That's crazy. Whole nine. Um, Which I think was actually good for me. The discipline? Yeah. Why? Like, were you starting, like, were you not disciplined enough, you don't think? No, I just think it was something new for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I came from a place where I was working at night all the time, you yeah. know? And like, during the day, I was going to classes and auditioning. And this was a... I totally flipped it mm -hmm. literally upside down. Did you prefer that? I do prefer it. Yeah. That nighttime thing seems it's fun like for, a nightmare. I mean, it's it's fun for a little bit, but yeah. then it's you, you get used to it. Honestly, I was traveling a lot more than for fun, as opposed to now, which is for work. But yeah, um, yeah I prefer this. I, I like structure. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So is that what opened your eyes to this whole like world that obviously now you're such a part of? Like, did you get into that? start doing these stories, start learning about clickable content, all the brand deals, all this stuff. And, and did you start to feel like, man, this is something I can really shine in. Like, this is something I can really do. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, like, also not for nothing, I mean, you could probably attest to this, too, is, like, mm -hmm. getting feedback from people, like, in live time all the time, mm -hmm. you know, like... Uh, Good and bad. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> man, the YouTube commenters, you guys are ruthless. Uh -huh. <laughs> ruthless. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about... Um, knowing when to not listen to people. Yep. And I learned a lot about knowing when to listen to people. Mm -hmm. So there's some people that, you know, when you get feedback, like some people are just freaking mean and yeah. they're doing, they're not giving you constructive criticism, right? Yep. I think it's important to know when the criticism is constructive and you use it to help just make yourself better. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we, I mean, I want to be the best, you know? Yep. So if, if I want to be the best, then I need to know when I'm not being the best so yeah. that I can steer away from that direction that's one thing that i've noticed about like the the comment age that we live in now where like a lot of people want to be a lot of people want to be the best and they want to genuinely be really really good and i right. think that a normal healthy person in like normal life um if you really want to be super good that is one thing that you do is you listen to feedback mm -hmm. but i think in like the age of the instagram comments and the youtube comments like those people get extra hurt by that feedback because that's not normal criticism right you know that's not a normal human being coming up to you and saying hey i like what you're doing but i wish you wouldn't say like so much like right. it's not that yeah. it's some other super weird evil thing that yeah. has now begun. look man i i 
I can't tell you the amount of jokes I got about my Arab nose. Like, really? Oh, yeah, dude. They were so mean. Y'all are mean. You mean. Mean, I tell you. Man. It's like, bro. Like, I'm, I have, like, I'm, I, it's not something I can change. You yeah. know, it's like, if you tell me I say like too much, which I do, and it is something that I need to work really? on. Really? Is that a thing? Um, that, what did I say? Like, yeah, much? no, I'm just using that as an example, yeah, okay, okay. but you know what I mean? Because I have a lot of, I have, I've gotten called out for a lot of like weird. I say, uh, well, I think choices. it's also maybe LA is probably in us a little bit too much. Sure. It's in our vernacular. We say sure, like, yeah. like too much, yep. uh, but that's something I can work with, right? Like you saying, yo, I really enjoyed that interview, but it was distracting for me because you said like so much. Yep. That's something I can work with. You saying, uh, <laughs> Actually, this is actually pretty funny. It's mean though, but it's funny. Um, they're they're like, uh, this bitch don't look like Princess Jasmine. She looks more like Jafar, which is actually kind of funny. That's one that you remember. Oh yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's because you know the only character I've ever looked like in my life is Princess Jasmine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I just oh, thought you're mean. it was you're, funny you're when it was mean, mean you know, because they're they're making fun of my nose, you know. Yeah. But it's like that's not something I can change, yeah. right? I mean, I guess it is LA I could, but I'm not going to. Yeah. So it's it's not something I could change, but you giving me constructive criticisms that'll help propel me and be a better host or interviewer or whatever it may be, I appreciate that. Yeah. And you just had to learn, I mean, did you just learn the difference kind of on your own? Yeah, I mean, not for nothing. Like at first it really affected me. Yeah. You know, there was definitely times where I was like, damn, maybe my nose is kind of big. Like, shit, like, you know, Should I just I quit this whole thing and go yeah. back to bartending? Or like, I mean, I never thought that. <laughs> Good. Um, but that happens, man. It's just crazy yeah. when I see, like, I see people and I talk to people that are, like, very successful people and their comments bother them. Like, even the Kevin Durant thing of him accidentally commenting yeah. uh, to the person. It's just like, how does this yeah. bother you? Like, you're Can we Kevin talk about Durant. Cardi B? What'd she do? Well, Cardi B, uh, you know, obviously the biggest star yeah. in music right love now. Love so much. Uh, fucking love her she's a gift she's uh, she really is yeah. she's incredible and honestly i have a lot to learn from her because of her she doesn't give a fuck attitude yep. but where that where the, the the crack is in that is that she's always uh responding to haters right she on, does on social media all the time she's constantly responding to her haters weird and it, it's it's not because i get it you know the, you'll get i'll get 50 comments about Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're so inspiring. Oh, all these things. And yes, that makes me feel good. Thank you for that. It genuinely does make me feel good. Yeah. And there's that one person that's like, fuck you, you stupid bitch. Yeah. And you're like, what? You're like, yo, mom is a bitch. Mom. <laughs> yeah. And like, you can't, you can't help it. It's yeah. the instinctual defensive mode you go in. So I get it from her. Like, I, I understand that, like, they're talking smack about her relationship. She wants to defend that. Yeah. I get that. But I do think that there's a point where you have to learn to ignore the haters. Yeah. It reminds me of that, the meme with the kid with his hater blockers on. Yeah. You know, it's yep. like you gotta put yep. the hater blockers on. Yeah. It's just hard. It's just against our natural instinct. It is instinct, hard. Yeah, you, know you want to defend yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like, And one thing that not to make it too, and not to go too deep because of Instagram comments, but like yeah. the fact of the matter is it comes from being programmed to look out for negative like we're programmed yes. to look for negative right because yes. that's a safety issue yeah and so it's now just backfiring in this weird social media age that we live in where people can talk like they never normally would in right. a normal human reaction uh, interaction yeah but it's our it's our silly programming we're not programmed for instagram we're programmed for like survival right and so we look out for negative way more than the positive and it's like trying to not let it get to you it's an exercise but i've just does it, it, do you, does it, it doesn't bother you? me no no, no. Did, did it ever bother it bothered you? me yeah it bothered me when i was younger it bothered me when i was younger because i 
st- when I first started this brand and people would like hate on the brand or the business, I was so like I wanted it to be accepted so bad and right. I wanted it to be real so bad and be successful so bad and like I when people would say terrible negative things about it, I would almost feel as if like that person was single-handedly going to ruin this whole thing. Right. You know like oh no nobody likes it. Right. Oh my god, everyone hates it. Everyone right. thinks this is a joke. Everyone blah blah blah. Because I got a lot of criticism because obviously I launched a brand on reality TV. It's like one of the easiest things to think is a joke or a gimmick or not real. Right. And so all I wanted was for it to be real. So yeah, it affected me. It, but not crazy. And I think that I got over it pretty quickly. It's just when I see these people that are like massive stars or massive business owners or whatever mm-hmm. that like genuinely really care. Yeah. It's like, oh, what a waste of time. It is. I mean, and it's something I'm still learning, you know, because yeah. in, in the end, like uh, uh, under the hard exterior, like, you know, we're human, yeah, you know, course. it's like, it's hard. And at this point, like you see it, you just like kind of roll your eyes and you're like, all right, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah. Great comment. Good work. You got that yeah, one off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, hope you feel better about that. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, yeah, I, I am curious, like if Cardi's going to continue to respond yeah. to the haters. It's also end, new to her, like, though, too, though. Huh? It's, it's also new to her, too. Right. You that's know, what I'm saying. It's a lot so quick. And that's the thing is like when I first started on YouTube, like that was new to me, too. Yeah. So getting that kind of feedback was like, ah, oh, oh, like a bullet's hitting you. Yeah. Now it's like Neo. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, like, try. No, don't try. Please. No. <laughs> yeah, please just stop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good lesson to learn because it does affect especially young people a lot. Um, so take me through like where you go from there, right? You're having this success mm-hmm. at Complex. The show's doing well. You're learning all these new things. Then you go on because you you wrote a bunch of other stuff and produced a bunch of yeah. other stuff too, right? Yeah. So I was, um, uh, what are they, what's that saying? Um, idle hands at the devil's mm-hmm. playground. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, in my rebellious youth, like that part is still in me as an adult, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I need to like make sure that what I'm doing with my days and my time is productive. Mm-hmm. So when I was trying to be an actor, I wasn't just waiting tables like mm-hmm. a lot of people probably are. I was actually creating content. Mm-hmm. So I was making, you know, short form comedies. I was doing, I did a play in New York that I wrote and produced and starred in. Like I was really hustling. Mm-hmm. Like I was one of those people, I was genuinely hustling out there. So I did have a lot of video content that I had created on my own, yeah. which I think actually benefited me because, you know, when Complex was like, oh, do you have stuff that we can look at it's like oh yeah actually i do have all this stuff that you can look at yeah you know so and and i think that's also probably pretty valuable for people to know that like while you're waiting for your you know while you're waiting for that big break create your own little breaks along the way yeah because you never know man that's the crazy thing it's like as long as you're moving forward and being positive and creating things eventually it's going to click that one thing you were working on here will click yeah. into this thing you're it's doing it's a numbers here. game in the yeah. end right yeah but just 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 don't go backwards yeah you know because that never comes back around yeah it's interesting um was there anything in that whole process that like really surprised you of what you were capable of accomplishing um yeah i mean i still kind of look back and i'm like oh shit like i i wrote and starred and produced my own play off broadway yeah. like who does that yeah. you know and like i still like actually the other day i was like going through my the la apartment and i was like going through some stuff just trying to get rid of stuff and i found like the old flyer from it yeah. and i literally had a moment of like oh damn like that was crazy like yeah. i did that you know and i think that's another thing that people need to remember to do is like celebrate your wins yep. i think it's really important to like look again i said like sorry, 
I think it's really important for people to recognize how far they've come mm -hmm. because it's so easy to get lost and be hard on yourself. I'm so hard on myself all the time and it's something that I need to work on. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just very hard on myself and I think it's really important to always look back and realize, you know, however many years ago, the girl that was waiting tables and hustling during the day would kill to be where I am now, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and always thought it was possible, but it wasn't quite tangible, mm -hmm. you know, so now I, I do need to remind myself like these problems that I have are champagne problems in mm -hmm. many ways. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Um, how did the TRL thing come about? I got a phone call. Mm -hmm. I was at, at, I was at Complex writing a script and I had a phone call. It literally changed my life. Just And what's that, what's that phone call sound like? Uh, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing right now? It's like I'm working. Walk outside. All right. As my manager, and he's like, "Yo, I just got a phone call from MTV. They're bringing at this point, they didn't know it was TRL. Uh -huh. They're just like they're bringing back an iconic show. They don't. They're and they need. They're looking for hosts, and they asked. They called about you. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh shit, MTV knows who I am. You know, like that was a whole other thing of like that's another thing is you forget that people are watching. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're doing something and you're of making course. any sort yeah. of impact whatsoever, yeah. you have to know that people are watching and a lot of times it's the right people that are watching because yeah. all you hear are the haters so true but yeah the, they don't comment in your on your youtube and say hey maybe we're thinking about booking you for trl one day right you don't yeah. hear that part right yeah. yeah casting department's likely not in your youtube comments <laughs> yeah, unfortunately but where they are is they're going to be on your phone yeah. right or they'll be in your email so you got to push through all the negative and just create good content mm -hmm. and stay focused and stay on your road mm -hmm. and then people will start to gravitate towards you. And yeah. that's what happened. They found me, they flew me out for an audition, flew me out again for another audition. And then within, I would say it happened really fast. Mm -hmm. I would say one month I was in West Hollywood, going to work, hanging out with my friends, going mm -hmm. to events, whatever it was. A month later, I was in New York City, living in New York City. <laughs> it happened really fast. Yeah, It was intense. And what do you do? How long, how long, uh, how long do you shoot for? It's Monday through Thursday. Uh, it's a daily show. So, uh, and do they do seasons or no? I don't know. To yeah. be honest, yeah. I don't know how that part works. Yeah. I show up. But so, like, when they're on, you're you're living in New York. Yes. I mean, when you get a break or a hiatus or anything, you come back out of here. Right. Got it. Um, what do your parents think now? Great question. I think the first time my I realized my parents maybe understood that I wasn't entirely crazy yeah. uh, was the first video I had that went viral. Uh -huh. um, I did, you remember the, the shit people say memes? Yep. It was like, you know, so I did a, I did like a shit white girl say to Arab girls, yep. um, which was all true, <laughs> despite people thinking that I like made some of that up. No, those all things that were said to me growing up. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously, like it was like the first video I ever, A, put on YouTube and B, it went viral within a day, you yep. know? So it was something my parents could be like, look at my daughter. She has, you know, they all, the parents just want to brag about the yeah, kids, right? True. They just want to like sit at their dinner tables and be like, oh, my kid's better than yours, yeah. right? And so for many years, I was a waitress, so they couldn't say that. Yeah. So now they yeah. were like, my dad was like, look at my daughter. She has this video. And I was like, I was like, oh, my dad's like sharing my video. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, I got to complex and that was something that was actually structured and like, you got a salary. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, obviously like the, it was a stepping stone and a, a such a beautiful one yeah. um you know and that was like oh, okay well it's structured so there's still kind of like oh it's kind of working 
But then you get to TRL and then mm -hmm. it's it's live television yep. and it's something that their friends could watch in a different state or yeah. country or whatever it was and they could be like my daughter's on TV. Yeah. And then it's like, okay. Now now they see it. Now yeah. they get it. So now they're proud. Yeah, now there's no weird, there's no backlash. There's no, no they're just not at like, all. Yeah, now they're just, now they're like, Tamara, when are you going to get, you know, they, they know older people. So she, my mom wants to meet Angelina Jolie. Of course. And she's like, Tamara, when is Angelina going to come to TRL? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I hope to God Angelina comes to TRL. That would be incredible. Um, That's so but good. you know, it's like those little things. You know, my mom tries to watch the show, but it's obviously not for her demo. She doesn't know who half these people are. Yeah. So she just watches it literally just to see what I'm wearing and then text me and be like, I don't like what you're wearing. And then uh, that's it. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. It just must be cool. Like I, for to do what they did, like to sort of escape, move to the U.S. like blindly, mm -hmm. go for it. And then to see you be like literally on television, yeah. on MTV, on TRL, such like a big, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know, in Times Square, like. It's not lost on me. Yeah, trust me. That's like, cool. It's wild. I mean, I can't uh, look, man. It's it's hard not to like think of the what ifs, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like what if they never left Iraq? Mm -hmm. Like, where would I be? Would I even still be alive? I really have no idea. Mm -hmm. Do you do any like gratitude stuff? Practice any of that stuff? Yeah, I'm every day. I I look up and say I'm just grateful. Yeah. I think, and again, something that that's a practice because I. There's times where you forget oh, to do that. It's hard. Right? I'm trying to get better at it. It's difficult. Yeah. I have a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, I think like you know, you you know this probably more than a lot of people is like the higher you get up, the higher the stakes are, right? Yeah. So the the losses are bigger. Uh -huh. The wins are bigger, right? So me personally, I I the stresses are bigger, uh -huh. right? So there's a lot of stress that comes along with working, especially when you do something that you're so passionate about yeah. and that you really care about um i think it's important to one way to center is to count your blessings yeah and i think it is important to always like i said just remember where you came from and where you are now yeah. and literally as simple as thank you for i have a roof over my head thank you for i have a car thank you for i have people around in my life that love me and support me yeah. thank you know just those little things and if you count those then the the stresses and the worries get smaller yeah it's so true do you do that i do yeah i have a what i started doing a few months ago is actually because i started trying to just do it in my head every morning when i do meditation and stuff and now i um actually write it i write five things every morning oh wow nice. um, that i'm grateful for and i think it's incredibly and then another thing that i did that actually helped even more was anytime somebody sent me like a really nice text or maybe there's good feedback on the podcast or something on my mm -hmm. phone i would screenshot it and then go home and print it Nice. and cut it out and staple it to the day. So it'd be like, here's what I'm grateful for today, and then here's actual proof. So the cool thing is, now, if I even if I'm feeling like, you know, everything sucks or whatever, you can kind of flip through this little book, and there's all this, like, proof that, like, people care about you and things that you're doing making a good impact. Like, it's pretty cool. You have it, like, in a planner? Like, where do you... It's in, like, a, a moleskin. Oh, nice. I love yeah. that. I think that's actually really yeah. dope. It's just cool I'm gonna, I think I'm going to steal that practice from you. Yeah, because it's just, we are messed up like we always say you said it in this thing and mm -hmm. i say it all the time mm -hmm. the more money more problems thing mm -hmm. right it's true and that's how we're programmed to think and as you go further your stresses get bigger whatever but also you have so much more to be thankful for, for there's sure. so many more blessings there's so many we get to go to coachella mm -hmm. and be bougie as shit with yeah. our artist passes and our vip parking Bougie-less. you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean but yeah but like we just don't 
think about you know instead we yeah. get there and we think like oh what time do we have to be over there oh there's so much going on and yeah, all, you right? know like you just like, don't like think oh, about I gotta, it. like post this and hashtag this and make sure that this is tagged like yeah, yeah and right. i just noticed that like it's a little easier to like get out of bed in the morning yeah and go to that meeting and go do that thing that you actually don't want to do if you come at it from a place of like i'm lucky to even be here. have this opportunity yeah. it's just it is a practice like it is a because it's hard it is hard you know um What's next? Where do you go from here? What's your like? What's coming up? What's what's it all look like? Um, well, now like I'm in a position where, thankfully, a lot of opportunities are coming to me. Um, I just signed with an agency that five years ago never would have looked at me, mm -hmm. and now they're like fighting for me. Mm -hmm. So that's another beautiful win that I think it's important to like own i own that i'm yep. appreciative of that soak that in um so there's a, a lot of opportunities on the horizon which i'm really excited about and i can really speak of yet mm -hmm. because of confidentiality things mm -hmm. but um i'm excited man i feel like i'm legitimately in the best point in my life yep. you know what i mean like all of these goals that i've had ever since i was little are starting to manifest mm -hmm. you know it's such a beautiful place to be mm -hmm. um and and i i hope that people that are watching or, or listening or I hope that they know that like goals are attainable. Mm -hmm. They really, truly are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty of being human. You know, it's like we all fall down. We all fall down. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us, even Beyonce falls down. Mm -hmm. You know what I she mean? She sure does. She just dances it out. She dances she it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She she makes it look slick when she comes <laughs> yeah. back up. But yeah, she, she that's that's a good life lesson. Yeah. You know, but like fall like Beyonce. Yeah, always <laughs> get up like Beyonce. <laughs> but no, it's true, man. Like yeah. it's there's not one person that you admire that hasn't taken a hit in yeah. life. Yeah. Um, but it's all about how you get back up. It's true. Um, speaking of failures. Do you have a favorite failure? Do you have a failure that like at the time might have seemed like your life was over or devastating or maybe it just seemed really, really stupid and now it's something that you kind of reference even subconsciously to drive you forward? Um, I think like, you know, I kind of mentioned already like the not getting into complex the first time. Yeah. Um, we all want things really bad. And actually there's a lot of roles that I was like really close to getting like, mm -hmm. I don't even know at this point, but like sometimes wanting something really, really bad doesn't make it right for you, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I feel like there is a, a bigger plan, wh whatever you may believe. I think there's like a bigger plan at play mm -hmm. um, and everything may not happen the way you want it to, but it'll happen even better than you want it to, mm -hmm. the w better than you could have imagined, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I think like, you know, not getting complex the first time around was a pretty big hit. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because that was a point when I was like shifting my career even, you know, so I was like, maybe this isn't the right move. Maybe I'm not doing the mm -hmm. right thing. Maybe mm -hmm. this isn't the right direction I'm supposed to go. Yeah. Um, but it came back around and it came back better. And, yeah. you know, and it led to obviously where I am now. And I'm so eternally grateful. Yeah. That's amazing. What, um, what was your what, biggest, what was your best failure? Hmm. I guess I ask it all the time and I don't have like a, I don't have a, I, I think that it was, um, a period of time like i think that a few years ago i went through a period of time where uh the it was kind of at the beginning of like retail having a problem and us having to make some pretty harsh adjustments because of it like mm -hmm. so my strategy was to like be incredibly aggressive and make cuts and do everything we had to do before we were forced to do it mm 
-hmm. right? So fire people, restructure, cut um, budget, do all that stuff before we ran into a problem where we were in debt and now you're screwed. Right. So I went through this period of like shooting reality TV, then building this brand, then hiring a bunch of friends, all having fun, traveling around. Life is just great. This is just, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. everything's so easy and fun and great. You know what I mean? Yep. And, um, and I think that was a big reality check for that. And I had to fire a lot of those friends. And I had to have some really tough conversations. And I had to change the spending habits of every single thing that we do and work really fucking hard and come up with ideas to create new things and be resourceful. And so the point is now you can see how that sounds like a positive, but at the time it was literally devastating. Like it, mm -hmm. it shook everything that I, you know, whatever ego I have, everything that I thought was so special about me, everything that I thought like I, I had built this life. And so their only thing to keep doing was growing. There was never the fact, that's why I'm so adamant about the fact that life can change. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I had built this thing. And so now it's, mine and safe and sturdy and I get to just continue to build it and I just didn't plan for um, that not being the case and an outside circumstance to come in and make you rethink it all mm -hmm. and have those tough conversations or whatever so at the time I was literally miserable it made me question my entire life and what the hell I'm even doing <laughs> now it makes me feel so much more like safe and secure and mm -hmm. I know why I'm here and I know why we do what we do and I know why our budget is what our budget is and I know why every employee that's in this office is here and right. what they do and I don't I don't think that I will and my goal is to never lose sight of that again and to never again you know be that let something completely wipe me right like uh, shake me like that right you know I think like actually now that I think about it about it uh, when I graduated college and I moved to New York and my parents were really pissed about that mm -hmm. and probably to this day are still mad about it. Um, I, I was always very prideful, right? Yeah. And so when I moved there, I, I refused to ask them for money, uh -huh. mainly because I wanted to prove that like I'm an adult and I can do it. I yeah. refused to ask them for money. It got so bad that like I couldn't afford to take the subway. I was yeah. eating like boxed mac and cheese every yeah. day. I, I went down, down, down to the very bottom of the wire. I didn't know if I was going to make rent. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I literally had that moment of like, I might have to move home. Mm -hmm. Like I might have to actually like, in this point they were in Michigan. It's like, I might have to actually like move and, and concede to them that they yep. were right. Yep. And like I said, I don't like the word no, yep. right? It motivates me. Yep. And I, I mean, I literally flipped that shit all the way around, yeah. got a job, started like moved I was living in Brooklyn at the time, moved into Manhattan. Like I like shifted it, it all. But that specific moment hitting, you know, as they say, I don't I don't know if that's like a rock bottom for a lot of people. Sure, I think it but is. But for me, you know, as a kid. Like, See, rock bottom doesn't have to be like crack addiction and living Right, box, yeah. You know like I mean? it can be many different things. Yeah. In my world, that was a rock bottom, yeah. right? And for me, I knew I would never, ever let myself ever be that poor again. Yeah. And, and, and again, like I, I, I'm very grateful that I did have my parents and it was more of my pride that made me that poor yeah. and like, God bless them. They would have given it to me had I asked. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was a rock bottom because yeah. I was way too prideful to ask. So I know that like, I will never let myself get to that point. Yeah. I will never get down to zero. Yeah. I will never, ever, ever. And that's what drives me. Yeah. That's what's so interesting is you only know that from getting there, right? And mm -hmm. from looking into it, yeah. you know, and you see like the darkness and you're like right. no way and yeah. i think that like 
whether it's some people rely on maybe you do reach out and you ask your parents for money and now you're you know that you always have a safety net right and so you're never going to work the way that you work today because fuck it rock bottom isn't that bad right um or you get swallowed up by it and it, you do move home and you work some crappy job in michigan that you don't like and you just lost right i just think there's something in common about all of these stories that it's it's facing it seeing how bad it can truly be and then right. saying no chance like, there is no chance that's happening for me um but i don't know it's i don't know where it and and not to say that for people that did have to move back home and they are working some crappy job in mm -hmm. michigan or wherever the hell you are mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you still can't change it and you still can't shift it well, like, and if you're listening to this podcast you still have something left in you right yeah. you still have some fight or else you yeah. got sick of this thing a long time yeah. ago right like, you're even like all these lucky fuckers but um they're like tamra dia f her i yeah. don't listen to her i hate all these successful <laughs> assholes but um i it's still in you and that's the cool thing about today is like and i think this was probably possible forever but now that like the world is so like the way the internet works and everything it just feels so much more like sort of opened up like you don't have to follow some prescribed path agreed and it doesn't matter if you're listening to this thing and you're 50 years old and you did move home when you were 20 and you felt like your life was was lost you right now can go figure it out yeah like literally right now you can turn off this podcast and go figure something out and when you're 55 have the best life ever that's the thing is like it never i mean i hope like that never ends you know mm -hmm. like the the drive the the will to you know it's survival of the fittest right it's yeah. like the will to just be and do like that doesn't have to end just because you took an L, mm -hmm. you know, like you got to turn. I mean, I, I, I've taken many L's, you know, you got to turn your L's into W's, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, can I ask you something? Yes, please. I've heard you use the word success uh, mm -hmm. a few times mm -hmm. during this podcast. Mm -hmm. What does success mean to you? Uh, to me, it's, it's simply living life 100% on your own terms and being financially compensated enough to be comfortable mm -hmm. right so whatever your level of comfort is is different for everyone that could be forty thousand dollars a year it could be forty million dollars a year it mm -hmm. depends um and also what you decide to do with your time could be different mm -hmm. um like one of the things that fascinates me is like how kids are making millions and millions and millions of dollars playing video games now yeah and even when i was growing up playing video games was the number one sign that you're a loser and you're doing yeah. nothing with your life you know what yeah. I'm saying? and now these people are like living in mansions yeah. and like just rolling so like it. it doesn't matter what like that's obviously the ultimate form of success to me i mean those kids literally figured out how to sit in their bedroom play video games and make millions of dollars right um so it's that it's being able to like you're not feeling like you're forced to answer to anyone um, that doesn't mean not having a job. Maybe you have a job and you like having direction right. and you like working for someone and you like having an initiative to follow. That's not what that means. But being able to live life on your own terms at all times and being financially, money is not an issue. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah, along those lines. And I've also realized like, you know, people may look at you for what you do or, or what you've accomplished and they'll be like, you're so successful. And then in your head, you're like, I'm not, I'm not even near oh, yeah. where I plan to be you yep. know what I mean so I think also my barometer for success keeps changing yep. like the, the higher up the ladder you go the longer the ladder really gets because yep. like what 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 is it a number yep. you know what I mean yep. like is it a, a position is it 
uh, a feeling? Is yeah. it, you know, a contentment? Like, what exactly is success? Yeah. I like your definition. I think that's like a... Because a key, like, for instance, part of my success, like, one thing that I wrote down, I don't, like, apply it in any way, but one thing that I wrote down that I just realized about myself is I am the happiest when I am going to bed. That's the end of the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the happiest when I'm going to bed. No, Sleep I'm life. the happiest when, when, let's say, the day is over and I have completed everything that I needed to do and and did it well. My relationships are intact and I feel good about them. Mm-hmm. And I have a full to-do list tomorrow. So a key element to me feeling successful is also having a lot of shit to do tomorrow. Busy. You know what I mean? I love being busy. Yeah, because I don't think success to me is not having nothing. The idea of having nothing to do for the next like two weeks ma- makes me go insane same you know and so like i i will get like anxiety before a vacation because i'm like well, what am i going to do with all the time you yeah. know like and sure enough it's always fine but my point is i don't like not having a goal that i'm striving towards i don't like having something you know that i'm not trying to accomplish so a key element in me feeling successful is also having a struggle to be in the middle of mm-hmm. you know so i don't know yeah, it's a tricky one. It is a tricky the one. It is, it's ever changing. Tricky one. Yeah. It's ever changing. It's also perception, right? Because yeah. people from the outside look at you and they're like, "He's so successful," mm-hmm. but then internally, you could be like, "I'm. I don't feel." Yeah, I mean, I feel like I could work at Starbucks in six months if I don't keep working hard. I mean, technically, we all could <laughs> yeah. if you if you kind of give up what you're doing. Yeah. you could go tomorrow and get a job at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just constantly feel. I don't know what it is. If it's like the child, like the Ohio childhood or whatever it is, but I just always feel like going back to the start is not never far away yeah you know like it always feels like um you know something i was actually like kind of like ruminating on the other day was um getting a goal is a great feat right Uh or getting whatever it is you're going after is such like an incredible feat a lot of people forget that the work really starts after you get it yeah because then you're working to keep it yeah and almost like keeping it is almost harder yeah keeping it all the way yeah um it's so true yeah it's so true and and i think that it's always then it's just like the next yeah it's the next thing and the next plan and the next strategy and the next you know like i would almost rather land on knowing on clearly knowing what the goal is than actually landing on the goal that makes any sense right like i feel better about having a plan of attack knowing the goal and getting started than i do about saying we did it right because then the rest is so and then what and then what you know yeah um we you asked earlier uh what i thought the difference was between people who have the drive and then people who don't yep um and i'm realizing it's the difference which between people who make time versus people who make excuses Mm -hmm. right so we all have everything going on in your life Mm -hmm. right some people have kids some people have a a sick parent some people work three jobs whatever it may be Mm -hmm. um and if we want to strip it down uh strip it down to the idea of like just simply working out right Mm -hmm. you wake up in a day you have you and person a person b you both work 12 hours in that Mm -hmm. day right person a is like dude, I'm too tired. I can't make it. I, you know, I, I worked 12 hours today. Mm-hmm. Person B is like, I'm too tired. I worked 12 hours today. I'll just get up an hour earlier to make it to the gym mm-hmm. or on the tail end, you'll do it and then go home and crash. And it's, and I think that is the difference between, you know, whatever this version of yeah. success is, 
the person A, who will probably always kind of stay in this little field over here yeah. and kind of live in this like, I don't want to say mediocrity, but it's what it is. Perhaps it is. Yeah. Um, but then person B, who continuously is elevating because they are putting in that extra effort yeah. simply by making time. The big question is what makes person B person B? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because even like, I just, the only thing that I can really like sort of put it on that wouldn't have any real necessity is like if you had kids right if you had mm -hmm. kids tomorrow and you're trying to create a human being how do you try to make sure that they have that thing right you know because there is what makes so purpose the, yeah i think yeah i think that purpose is what sort of propels you and then feeling the win like mm -hmm. i do think that if you if you're the lazy person who makes excuses if something happens, I don't know what it is. I mean, some people get like a, a certain relationship or a certain mm -hmm. goal or something happens and they do go to the gym that one time instead of going to the going to bed. Right. And they feel how good it feels to drive home and then go to bed after going to the gym. Then they go again. Then they meet a friend at the gym who helps them set a goal. Right. Then they this, then they that. The person can become the other person. Right. And now you will never look back and you hear those stories all day long. For sure. Right? Especially in fitness, it's such a good comparison right. right for life but um and then there's like i said there's people that lose all this weight or do all these things that will never go back and can't imagine their old life but it was purpose it was something in the beginning that that shook them out of that i like that you brought up um finding a friend who helps to propel you right yeah because i think that you know when you're you're young and everyone's like you know the the people that you hang out with uh really you know if you hang out with the bad crowd you're gonna become bad whatever it is as an adult, it's so, and then it's even true to, then too. Like I think it really is important, like the people you're you're putting oh, around yeah, you. Yeah, it's so. Um, important. Like if you if you if the the five main people, you, mm -hmm. you probably read this mm -hmm. in books. It's like a common principle, but like the you know the five main people around you, if they're all hustlers and they're all you know mm -hmm. successful mm -hmm. and they're working and they're well traveled and well read and they live rich lives, you know. Even if you're not quite there yet, mm -hmm. that will only inspire you to get there. Mm -hmm. But if you're hanging out with people that, you know, are living in the struggle and they're the, you know, they're the people that aren't making mm -hmm. time, they're making excuses, mm -hmm. it's only going to make, give you an excuse to be like, eh. Yeah. No matter what you're doing, you're going to find people who will make you feel good about what you're doing and make you want to do more of it. Mm -hmm. That could be drugs and partying and <laughs> stupid shit, that yeah. could be working, coming mm -hmm. up with plans, making money. Yeah. No matter where you go, you'll find those people. Right. And I think being aware of that and just being aware, like everyone wants to think like, no, I'm so in control of my own thing. Like you're telling me five people are gonna affect me. No way, I'm a hustler. It's just not true. Yeah. And like sort of submitting to that and realizing that. But that's why I say, yeah, like you go to the gym five times, eventually you're going to meet a friend there. You're going to meet someone you relate to and that's where now you have a new friend that's on the same goal as you there. Yeah. And then that friend's going to come up with something. Now you have a new friend. Now you have a running club. Now you have this. Now you have that. All of a sudden you're stacking this positivity. Same way. You don't. You skip it. You go get wasted at the club or do whatever. You're going to find friends there too yeah. and they're going to want to go out more and more and more and that's going to happen too. And that'll be your lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. My big ender. Okay. If you could go back to your childhood self. We'll say, 13 years old, you just got home after getting jumped mm -hmm. at school. Um, 
and you could just tell yourself one little thing. It's kind of like you pop in like a movie scene or something. You pop in and then you disappear. And and the goal here is to tell yourself something that just makes the rest of life a little easier and takes the edge off and kind of you know whatever softens the pain of uh, or the or the unsureness or whatever of it all. Yeah. What would you tell that version of yourself? I mean, keep going, I guess. But honestly, for me, like I said, I'm a visual learner. Mm -hmm. um, so I would show myself a picture. Mm -hmm. um, and that picture would be of me in time, in the Times Square studio with the mic in my hand, mm -hmm. with the glam squad and the celebrity guests and the, the audience. And like, I would, that moment, that, that feeling that I have in that moment, mm -hmm. I would give, I would just have my younger self hold that feeling for mm -hmm. a second mm -hmm. because that feeling makes it worth it. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, shout out time. Where does everyone find you? They can find me across all my socials mm -hmm. at tamradia.com. Spell it. Just T-A-M-A-R-A-D-H-I-A. -A -A. Perfect. Um, anything to look out for? Anything to, any, any of that? Anything else? Um, yeah, just just stay tuned to my socials. We got some big some, news on the some way. Things popping. Yeah. yeah, they're you know I, I don't like to announce my moves until they're of actually. Of course, you can't. Yeah. Yep. I like to just I like to do my things on the low, and then one day just pop up and be yeah, like, oh, by the IG way, post. Yeah. yeah. So good. Uh, thank you so much. You crushed this. Yeah, thank you. You're a pro. Appreciate you. Sorry for hijacking. I'm glad we got to. Yeah, this is good. For all my listeners <laughs> yeah. that had any questions, we got them answered. Yeah, exactly. See, uh, I'm telling you, definitely they had questions about your story. No, I your love it. I too. love it. We should just do like a separate YouTube video or something. We should. Yeah, I'm 100% down. We did it. Thank you. Guys, thanks for listening. We're out of here. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. All right, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some gems out of there. I hope you got some knowledge out of there. I hope you got something that will inspire you to be just a little bit better version of yourself because that's what we're all trying to do out here. Um, as always, don't forget to leave me some positive feedback on the iTunes store. Check us out on CastBox. Go to youngandreckless.com. Use the promo code SSL for 40% off all full price items. And go to YouTube. Please go to YouTube. Give your boy a subscribe youtube.com slash drama drama just go subscribe trying to build it up trying to build up my content trying to build up my vlogs um and keep posting on instagram i'm at drama on instagram tag the show tag me in your pictures tag me in your screenshots tell everyone you know to subscribe to the podcast go leave me some feedback i appreciate you guys so 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 very much and i will be back next week